to the Daily Talk Show. I'm Josh Jansen. To- Tommy, is this what we're doing now? Yeah. We spoke this morning about, do we say our names? I'm Tommy Jacket. Uh, the way you've said it, it sounds naff <laughs> as fuck. But we're up to episode 78. We've got a special guest. Yep. Uh, firstly, I'd like to say, um, have you listened to our show? I have. Okay, so you know what to expect. I'm a dog with two dicks, <laughs> and um, Josh lives in the past. But no, please welcome Josh, Josh. Jansen's brother. James, how are yeah. you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, James Jansen. All the way yep. from uh, North Carolina. Yep. So, the first time, this is the... I, I actually heard to, um, Josh said, we have my brother on the podcast. And I was like, we've already had him on. Well, you mean Jake. Well, we didn't well, even have Jake on. We no, were, he, he was kind of on. Oh, he was on the Krispy Kreme exactly. episode. That's why I was, I was like, yeah, I was Krispy Kreme. And then I hardly even knew you existed. Not because <laughs> Josh doesn't talk about you, because you live overseas. Yeah, yeah. So I've been over there uh, almost six years now. So uh, when you got a brother like Josh, you uh, your only option is to to kind of escape the country. So, <laughs> can we just gags coming from the Jansen um, bloodline? Can like you, it? Can I you like appreciate it? his accent? Is that intense or what? Well, I was going to ask you like. Six years. Yeah, you've lived there. Yep, six, almost oh. six. Yep. At what point did you start saying tomato? Uh, so I don't say tomato. I still say tomato. Um, it's just yeah, it's turned into this this terrible hybrid thing. Probably happened maybe two years in that it turned into to this kind of hybrid deal. Um, I guess that's what happens when you don't interact with Australians too often. So kind of hopeful that it will. Uh, It'll mellow down a little bit this next three weeks or so while I'm here. Um, now you're because I cop it because my my um, cousin lives in London yep. and has this yeah it's like a butchered Australian accent. That's terrible. But I quite like it. It's just coming in and out like you. I'm so hearing the Aussie accent plus yeah. this integration. Certain words. Do you think you need to? Do you think you do it? Um, is it unconscious this development of it, or do you actually do it to blend in? I think it's completely unconscious in like the approach, but it may be in like some ways to blend in. Like there's certain words you would say, mm. like just in day to day life that you end up saying the way that they want you to say it. And it's not a conscious thing like, oh, I'm going to say like water now and like this and that. But that's, yeah, I think that's probably mm. how it is. completely unconscious. There was no nothing deliberate about it at all. So James, how did you end up in North Carolina? Um, so I ended up going across originally for graduate school. Um, so I was... Uh, this is actually the first time Josh is yeah, exactly. learning any I'm of this. Yeah, Josh, <laughs> Josh didn't know this. So uh, graduate school is like, is that the final year? Is that no, so, so basically I was uh, I did my kind of bachelor's undergraduate in exercise science uh, here in Australia. Uh, and then sport spent about four years um, teaching and helping with some research at Deakin University. Mm-hmm. Um, while that was kind of playing coaching basketball, um, decided there was kind of a lot going on and so ended up uh, wanting to kind of do something a bit different. So um, ended up getting into kind of a master's program, graduate program uh, at Wake Forest University uh, in the US in North Carolina. And that's kind of what got me across there. So, so I've been to Wake Forest 
It's fucking intense. It's got like a... What is gr- cool? Yeah, it's super... It's like a wealthy... Like, how do you describe it, James? On the, the spectrum of unis, it's a private institute. It's like a private one? Yeah, how, so how it's a uh, it? private, private university um, kind of in the, in the south of the US um, on the smaller side. So um, we're talking only about 5,000 students or so. Um, so it's been in a bunch it? been in a bunch of movies um it's and like it's a just classic your college. it's your yeah classic southern private university you gotta drop um, a movie i mean i might know it josh probably so won't, but. uh there was a, a famous movie called brian's song which was a sporting sporting movie okay. um out of there there's been some stuff more recent I think it was the The Matrix, surprise. No. <laughs> is it uh, the most mentioned movie on our podcast? <laughs> there's the I think is it the Nicholas Sparks has like a series of movies or something. Okay, yeah. I was really hoping um, you were gonna say Drake's latest film. No. Clip. So they they basically used it, uh, I guess that's like a teeny bopper type setup. Yeah. But mm. so but there's yeah. like uh Last time I was uh, in, uh, I went to Wake Forest, like visited uh, last time I went and saw James and they had like an indoor NFL. Is that right? Am I saying this right? Yeah. So the football program just built an indoor facility, which is uh, pretty nice. We get, we get kind of stormy weather through, uh, through kind of the, the late kind of fall um, when they're wanting to practice. So they built an indoor facility. So we're talking a, 120 yard long indoor practice facility worth millions and millions of dollars. They spend so much money. Like college games of NFL. What is it? What's it? Football, they just call it. Yeah. They get like some get 100,000 people to a game. So, yeah. What is the reality of college sports to give people a context? Because I know it's ridiculous but how ridiculous is it where you know what's what's sort of the the yeah so i think it's like you can't really make a good comparison um within an australian context of what college sports is all about because it's just it's so unique from the perspective of the ages of these these student athletes like these Mm -hmm. guys are 18 to 22 years old um that's when they're rookies or not playing in the in the afl um and you're talking big, big stakes. So at a Wake Forest, for example, um, kind of playing at the, the premium level of things, um, football crowds are, are going to be somewhere around thirty to 35,000 with a home set up, but they'll right. play some teams on the road. That that's, are, that's a good game of AFL at the yeah, MCG yeah. on a Sunday. Like the national, like Australia's it, national sport. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then uh, you're talking some of their road games. They play some of the biggest schools. They play at a Notre Dame. They play at a Florida State Clemson, who, who've kind of been really good recently, that yeah. are upwards of the 80,000. And then uh, Wake Forest, our basketball um, stadium is pretty much, uh, well, that's where I was for graduate school, um, capacity was pretty much the equivalent of Rod Laver Arena. Um, and so we're a small 4,000-student school. Yeah. And uh yeah, sitting there with a Rod Laver arena um, in yeah. our backyard. I mean, we should have just saved yesterday's discussion about moving overseas yeah. to today. Because yesterday we talked about, you know, moving overseas and will we ever do it. What's like, <clears throat> Josh is quite well-traveled for a, for a guy who lives in the Burbs. I'm, mm-hmm. I yeah. would think that yeah. a lot of people that live out where you grew up aren't traveling like you have and mm-hmm. definitely not moving to Carolina. Where is it? North, North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah. So what's the what what's the real feeling of moving overseas? Um, I think it's 
it's different in a lot of ways. Like I like the the approach that I did it in terms of it's it's not like I'm living in a city. It's not like I'm immersed with all of these other people that are um, also traveling or or not from around there. Um, so so I like that approach that I'm I'm really kind of immersed in the the southern U.S. North Carolina culture. Is there um, a full novelty? It's not like an Australian going to London where you fucking go into your little pocket and there's all Australians everywhere. Like Mate, you can't pr- escape Australians in London. Yeah. Just bogans getting pissed. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, so North Carolina, was there any other areas that you could pick from or was that just you sort of had this offer? Uh, it was, yeah, it was kind of how it was set up that I, I had a scholarship to go there and I didn't really look into to other scenarios at that point in time. So um, I was open to moving anywhere at, at that stage and... Um, that was the one that popped up first and was a, a really good situation. What's so. the age difference between you guys? Four years, four and a half. Yeah, well, I'm 27. How old are you? 30, yeah, 32. 32. Just turned 32. Yeah. Interesting. So the, do you think that you'll live in the US forever? Uh, I think there's a good chance. Um, yeah. the, the stuff that kind of I really appreciate about it is like the cost of living there is, particularly North Carolina, is, is very achievable. So we well, you bought a house. Yeah, we bought a house two years ago. Yeah. Um, what's that, what's the property prices entry level? Yeah. Tommy so, wants to know how much, so how much you pay. So you're talking <laughs> kind of our, our neighborhoods, which would be so we're in a um, medium sized town, probably like a Geelong size town. What's the closest um, big city? Charlotte. Charlotte. Um, so yeah. Charlotte's pretty big. Charlotte's probably. A similar size to maybe some of the smaller capitals of like a Brisbane or yeah. uh, maybe an Adelaide type size. Um, we're about an hour north of there. Mm. Um, so I actually work down in that, that area now um, in my current basketball coaching job. Um, but we're talking kind of in in this, this town, we are entry level house of like something you'd consider the suburbs that you'd want to live in somewhere around the $150,000, dollars US. So we're talking about 200K. How did you find actually borrowing money over there? Um, So I have an American wife, so that uh, made it easier. Now I'm a permanent resident. Everything from that perspective is is a lot easier. Is that a citizen, a permanent resident? So it's different from a citizen. Citizen means you can vote and do all the other things. Permanent resident means you can be there indefinitely. um, So you can't vote. Can't vote right now. So you can't blame me. I, I, I saw... Um, Lucky I didn't wear my Trump hat. <laughs> yeah, like America. I, I was actually shocked. We were at the airport uh, yesterday coming across and we're going through, uh, about to hop on our Qantas flight. And it was it was clearly an Australian that had been over there uh, doing some, some holidaying and she was uh, rocking a, a Make America Great Again hat. And, <laughs> thought it was pretty distasteful. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, but, it's yeah. almost like a, it's a it's probably pop culture like they see a fucking move like mm. they're leaving it leaving the US and probably treating it like it's some pop culture reference but it's very real. Man, um I've been listening to so you know Kanye West. Yep. Have you seen what's been happening at the moment? Uh, so I guess the one thing I caught was that he uh decided he loved Donald Trump. Is that what so, happened? Yeah. yeah. There is so much to it. I listened to a, my my wife was like, "What the fuck? You, I I got into her about wasting time, and then she's like, "You wasted an hour and forty five minutes watching a Kanye West interview last night." So I was in bed listening to this interview. 
it gets so deep. I actually think you'll really like it, Josh. Yeah. It's like, and I, I don't, can't speak for you, but it's like they start talking about some real interesting things about you know how the media works and um, fame, but also like it's almost like life lessons. Like he's he's gone so deep, and it's all the stuff about Trump and he's and he and he wore a hat and got a photo with Trump or something. And he talked about like rappers ages ago. It's the it was the thing before he was president. It was yeah. cool to put Trump in your fucking your rap lyrics. It was like this funny thing that sort of gained momentum. Everyone was using it. Yeah. And it gave you almost like cred. And um, <laughs> it's it's so interesting sort of listening to his take on him just wearing that hat as a black American and what has happened as a result of that. What's the vibe on Trump in North Carolina? Yeah, so it was interesting because uh, in the lead up to the, the election, um, North Carolina was considered probably one of the the swing states so we had a lot of activity um in north carolina in the months leading up to um leading up to the election part of that is um there's kind of a lot of northern transplants in north carolina so people from the northeast that decided it's too cold the new york kind of boston type areas moved down uh, so they're more historically more kind of democrat yeah. and then your typical north carolina person is probably from more the Republican mold, because I imagine um, it being a red state. So did it did it go did it swing? Yeah, so it ended up going in the, in the Trump direction, um, but there was a lot of effort put in kind of prior. So we had like, um, and and they frequent the university areas a lot. So we had um, we had Hillary on campus where I was working. We had Donald Trump kind of two minutes from campus where Erica works. Um, we had Bill Clinton there the night before the election, just sniffing um, around, just yeah, just <laughs> just just chatting, hang and, out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, potentially just, just so. creeping in the colleges, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, so so North Carolina uh, is full of Trump supporters. Is, is, is that a, what you're saying? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's full. I wouldn't say it's full of them. I think it's just kind of mixed bag and like your mates. Um, is this people you know? That yeah, I would say like. I would say it's kind of a little bit 50-50 around the university, around the more kind of educated areas. It's probably a little less so, but mm. um, yeah, like I, it, it definitely doesn't discriminate on like the stereotypes are there, but it, it doesn't necessarily have to hold true. What's the stere- stereotype? I'm just trying to gauge yeah, yeah. it from Australia because yeah. it's like, you know, oh, you voted for Trump. It's like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I, like I think that in, in some ways you'd, you'd think that There'd be some elements of like the the more country folk, um, a bit rednecky. I think is well, what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, a little more rednecky, and and that's the thing that's hardest to for people that haven't been to the U.S. before. It's kind of hardest to to really wrap their head around is kind of the the way the population's distributed. Like you're gonna go and there's like just these small towns all all over that are not necessarily super small. So you're gonna drive to a shepherd, and that's gonna be another million two million people you're going to drive another two hours to uh, a horsham and there's another two million people or or a central area of yeah um so i think that's the difference and but there is definitely like a break it's not like you're going to be driving around driving and walking around melbourne today and kind of erica noted like we're out in roeville this morning and drive all the way from roeville to to the city and it's suburbs the whole way um Mm. that's very different to to how it kind of is over there. Over there so why are you in Australia at the moment? 
Uh, we're doing a bit of bit of kind of vacationing, visiting family, and we haven't been for three years. We'll mm-hmm. do a, a little bit of work in terms of kind of the the basketball side of things and um, connecting with with my network over here and um, here for a conference next week. And so work. Uh, can you? Ex- so you did the uh, exercise science masters or whatever yep. program, and now you're working full time. Yeah. Right. So so basically, I I, I went across um, in the exercise science mold. Um, that was kind of my, my vehicle to, to go across there. And, um, so my master's over there was in that, did a lot of, um, health related research, uh, mostly with older adults while I was there. Um, and during my time at wake also worked with their women's basketball program. So mm. spent five years with that program. And then, then last year, uh, opportunity came up to, uh, become a full-time assistant coach, um, at Davidson college. So, um, for those that kind of don't know Davidson college, haven't heard of Davidson, um, Davidson's where Steph Curry played. So yeah. everyone, most people kind of know Steph Curry. He's yeah. kind of the, the face of I'm really proud that I know who Steph Curry is. He has a line in Drake's song, Steph Curry with the shots, boy. And you know, uh, Steph Curry, he's a big Golden State Warriors player. Yep. I actually think that I saw him. I went in San Francisco or Oakland more specifically back in 2012. Yeah. Went to a game. I'm pretty sure he was playing. I didn't realize it at the time. Yep. He's a bit uh, sort of annoying. I think I spent, that's probably why I spent so much on the tickets, maybe. I feel like he wasn't that big then. But anyway, so you're, so uh, Davidson, is that what yep. you said? Yep. So Davidson College. Uh, and so your, your assistant coach, did you say, yep. to a women's college team? Yep. What is the, what's women's college sport like in the US? Yeah. Well, so th- there's a, there's a setup in the US or it's kind of, rolls through everything that goes on called title nine um and title nine essentially refers to um the kind of government driven um anti-discrimination setups so Mm -hmm. for every scholarship that goes into men's sport Mm -hmm. um, there has to be an equivalent that goes into women's sport um so that means some of that money is kind of distributed through the entire um athletic department so from a, a number of people perspective that come to games and that kind of thing, it's definitely not as not as large. Um, we're kind of a smaller school um, as well, one of the smallest schools in Division One sports. Um, so we're talking only about two thousand um, students at our college, um, but our men's gym holds about or our, our gym holds about forty five hundred five thousand people. So mm-hmm. you're thinking that's more than kind of most NBL arenas in Australia are getting. Yeah. Um, and then we had a couple of games this year where we're up around the kind of 1500 mark mm-hmm. um, for our women's games. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll play in some gyms that hold, once again, hold 10,000 people, 15,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the kind of scale of things, supportership just isn't quite at the levels of men's stuff. What is, what is it like? Is it a different dynamic? You've coached men's basketball within Australia. Do you, have you, do you I guess you did like e-juniors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, what is the, what's the dynamic? What's the difference between coaching women's basketball and men's basketball? So I, th- I think one of the, the biggest things that stands out from the perspective of the, the college level in the US is that the, the men's stuff, there's a lot of trouble because everyone, everyone there, there's just a lot of ego behind it. Everyone there thinks they're going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you've got 340-odd colleges in the U.S. that are in Division One basketball. Yeah. Okay, 340. That, like, it's crazy when you think about that. They, they got somewhere around 
13, 15 people on a roster. Have you seen the LeBron James doco on Netflix? Yep. And they, 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 he was playing college. So LeBron didn't go to college. LeBron played high school. Yeah. Oh, is that so high school? That's high school straight basketball. into NBA. Yep. He went so that straight. wasn't even college. Yep. So there's another league. Yeah, there's another in level between. below Fuck, that. Man. So that's that's the high school stuff. Um, <laughs> since so since yeah. LeBron. Um, Kind of, there's actually been rules that you can't do that anymore. You can't go from high school to the NBA. Um, that will probably change pretty shortly back to being able to do that because there's been some some kind of issues that have come out of it. But I think to kind of touch on your question, Josh, like the the biggest difference is that the like women's college athlete has a bit more perspective over kind of what they're there for, mm-hmm. um, and it's a bit more of this holistic experience in terms of combining the fact that they are getting the scholarship to study. Um, at a university, but also to like achieve what they want to from the basketball sense. Um, so when things don't go their way, or the, it's just a little bit easier for them to rationalize the process mm-hmm. behind what they're doing. What do you um, think that can be done to increase the popularity or viewership of women's sport? So, like, I think it's in, in some ways it's it's pretty good. Um, there's definitely debates in the U S right now about some of these kind of the ESPNs of the world, Mm. um, kind of being a bit more proactive with, um, kind of developing on some of the storylines of things that go on. But, um, I think that it's, it's really the onus is on the programs to get out and engage with the community around them. Um, women's basketball, definitely women's sports are definitely kind of this more community driven setup and, um, and kind of leverage from that idea. It's accessible. Um, it is. It's obviously cheaper than the men's stuff to to get to. Mm. Um, there's certain components of that. Um, the, the older folk really love the women's stuff. We we have a lot mm-hmm. of kind of older adult fans. Um, it's just there's something about it, the connection that they have with with the student athletes. That's a bit different. It's actually so. why Bill was in town. He was. <laughs> Well, I know that the angle of your question is yeah. around women playing sport. Like, I get it. It's like... Well, it seems like a hot topic given the WAFL and, you know, the Women's Football yeah. League and things like that. I, like, if I was to not dig too deep, but it's like a, a men's game of football is a lot harder and faster. A men's match in tennis... Is harder unless Serena Williams is playing, yeah. and she's fucking impressive. What do you think of that change? Because I know that TJ, you've got like well, I haven't you... watched much basketball. I've got some girl friends who play. One's just gone over to play WNBL. Liz Cambridge, she she's impressive, super tall and fucking unbelievable. Yeah, but I don't know. Is there much difference? Like watching a Michael Jordan fucking dunking from half from half court from mm-hmm. uh, the what it near the three throw three throw throw. Free throw, free throw, free throw, free throw line, yeah. Or Shaq, like the difference in that. Yeah, it's a, so you're talking about the entertainment value. I think that that's a something is spoken about. James, is that an area that you play in at all, or that you think about, or that's in the scene as something that people? Or, do, or is everyone sort of heads down in it, and is this sort of a a public issue that that doesn't actually extend? Yeah, like I think in in some ways. Um, people in women's basketball kind of know what it is for what it is. Mm -hmm. So they understand that 
like from the entertainment value, you might say, oh, like the men's stuff is more entertaining, but that's only if you're appreciating the, the high flying dunking component of the above the rim style of men's basketball. Yeah. Um, so I think that's where, like I mentioned before, kind of the older adults liking the, the women's game more because for a basketball purist, for appreciating the, the passing, the shooting, yeah. those elements of the game, they're all there in the women's basketball stuff and even more heightened yeah. um, because of the lack of the other stuff. I think the, the there's some problems here with the way that they've kind of rolled out the, the women's AFL setup that the the caliber of the the athlete just isn't isn't there yet from the the front of like this professional level that they have mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. so that the quality of the product doesn't kind of match what the equivalent of women's basketball is to men's basketball mm-hmm. um, i mean basketball so is such a skillful game like all the handling that it's that's why i was talking sure. about basketball that's what <laughs> You know, all the handling, like that, dribble, handle, that dribbling. Yeah, you can't travel. It's you can't like, travel. Yes. Yeah, but like all that groundwork, is the speed. There's girls who are very fast and there's men who are, you know, the same. So I get it. But I mean, the, there's other polarizing sports, boxing, you know. It's a game. I, like there is skill in it as well. I'm just thinking out loud here. I was just thinking about um, Mayweather. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's a smallish dude. Mm-hmm. But super skillful, so maybe I just haven't seen enough of it. I don't know. There, are, I think there's definitely some sports that are more entertaining on a, on multiple levels when it's just men. But then there's definitely room. I think it's like the women getting paid as much as men in sport in basketball. It's like it just doesn't make sense in WNBL. They just don't bring enough money, so they can't pay them yeah. as much. What do you think, like James? Is the what is the path of a? You know, you're talking about them being a bit more grounded. What is the path of a female college basketball player? Yeah. So from a from a lot of fronts, the the majority athletes that are going through the the college system, that's kind of the the pinnacle of their their basketball career. Is that um, that four-year period that they're on a campus. Um, are they most of them on scholarship? If you're in that team, are you basically guaranteed a scholarship? Yeah, so everyone at our level um, are essentially on scholarship, mm-hmm. full scholarship. What does that um, mean, just free? That means free tuition, free rooms and board. Um, so everything's basically paid for for them. What, do, they what are they gear. studying? What, what's, what do they tend to study? Um, so Davidson's a really high academic institution. So mm-hmm. we're considered one of the kind of top schools mm-hmm. in America. Uh-huh. Um, so we have I, we have players that want to be neurosurgeons. We have mm-hmm. players that want to be astronauts. We have um, players that kind of run the gamut. Um, one that wants to kind of do the kind of Pixar type thing of yeah. like um, of animation. animation. Yeah, uh, and then you you go down different levels that there's kind of more the business folk and, and everything. Mm-hmm. So they are studying everything. Um, but I think from the exposure point of view, just because of the way that the college sports is embedded. Um, into a, a college environment, um, the potential for the crowds and um, the supportership of um, of women's basketball is potentially highest at the college level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for some people, that'll be kind of the end of the college careers. Um, there is the p- potential for the select few um, to do the WNBA thing. For, for Australians that go across, they will come back and kind of do, do the WNBL thing. Um, and that league is is doing pretty well now. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of booming at a level, but there's only eight teams, um, so there's there's not that many jobs floating around, and it's still not necessarily full time for these 
these girls either. So yeah. Um, so really, the path I think is is kind of in a lot of ways that the college basketball is a pinnacle of the, that sport. And does, and because of that, do you see that uh, a lot of the players that you're coaching, they do have that extra career path more so than say the men's basketballers? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's definitely the case. We, we, uh, we actually don't have summer school at Davidson. So a lot of schools will have summer school. They'll kind of bring their kids in, um, kind of work them out over the summer, do, do different stuff, get them in class um, we don't have that. Now kids will all go do internships. So mm-hmm. uh, we have kids floating about doing doing internships kind of the next three months. Um, so you're saying a variety that it's more industry places. focused. Yeah, yeah like it's the, the goal is for them to kind of understand what they're going to do afterwards. And yeah. it doesn't necessarily compromise what they're doing on the basketball court at, at that point in time. But Do you think um, the college system in the US is a bit fucked? Um, the reason I say it is I feel like there's a lot of money involved. Yep. Um, and, you know, you go to uh, a university, it's got beautiful green grass and all that sort of thing. And on the other hand, there's a huge amount of student debt in the US, which might make sense if you're going to make a quarter of a mil a year as a, you know, in finance or as a lawyer. But maybe if you're a creative or you're doing in a different field. That's the case to be said, you know, in Australia too. Fucking yeah. hex, you can't get out of the debt. Yeah. Well, you I can't think go bankrupt and remove the debt. And it's the same with these college kids. Yeah. But you're saying, is it like, well, is it, it feels like there's away? a different, no, it feels like it's an, ex, an extra level. Like say the sporting, all of this sport and these different elements play in yeah. to the prestige which plays into, okay, I want to go here, which funds all of this sort of thing. So it's this sort of, it's it's a it's a business in itself. It's an, college is an industry, would you say? Yeah, well, like to touch on the money side of things, like none of the like student money that's being paid for tuition and all that kind of stuff is going to athletics. Yeah. So athletics is in a lot of ways a kind of cost neutral venture for the, the university in terms of, the money that's coming in from TV revenue and, and all that kind of stuff is what, what fills into to kind of how that works um, at the majority of these kind of Division One programs. Um, but as you said, like the, the university structure is very competitive and one school versus the others to try to attract the best students they can. And um, in a lot of ways, it's, it's their marketing ploy of getting their, mm. their brand out there and, and what the, what the university is about. And they're private businesses, aren't they? Essentially. It's like a private school. Like Wesley's a private yeah, company. Like, a- yeah. Like even the, even the state school system, um, like that, that is a way that they kind of drive the people to apply. Like, it's not like you're just going to apply to a school cause you're going to apply to a school. Like you get to choose where you go. Yeah. Um, and it's not as selective necessarily from the institution perspective as the like Australian higher education model. But from the perspective of like a lot of the higher education issues in the US are driven by how poor the high schooling is yeah, um, and how the schooling structure underneath that is. And so there's a lot of catch up that goes on during the undergraduate years. And so these, these students are kind of leaving their undergraduate with these high like loans, mm-hmm. but also with kind of not necessarily the skill set that they should have as a 22-year-old. One last question. Um, yeah. oh, but I actually want to do a couple of rapid-fire questions. Yeah. Yep. I've got heaps two. of... Qu- yeah, uh, I also, I've got another question in regards to recruitment. 
So oh, what, mate, I was taking it way away from yeah, that because most I, of our listeners that. want to know about you two we definitely, as We definitely want to do that. I want to find out just very how long, quickly. How, how much longer do you have? Uh, he's, he's got some time. Oh, it was good. Good. He's, he said another hour, so we'll okay. go another hour. <laughs> no, the... Um, uh, so recruitment, you you're in Australia now. Are you yep. are you doing recruitment at the moment, or no? No, I wouldn't say it's like active recruitment. I uh-huh. think in some ways it's um, just dealing with our networks over here. That when there are like potential athletes that that could be candidates for Davidson, and we have pretty high academic standards, so that that rules out a, a lot of people. Fuck, that sounds like he's just trying to get a tax write-off on this trip. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll do here, some business stuff. Asks, you're working. But, well, so, there's a lot of rules in the NCAA. <laughs> so the NCAA has a lot of rules regarding when you can recruit, how you can recruit, how you go about it. So um, what does that even mean? So for the for the average punter, who the fuck are you recruiting? So in reality, we're talking to 15, 16-year-old girls mm-hmm. um, to kind of come across in about two years' time. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the recruiting process. Um, Domestic, but going to rep basketball. Yeah, type of thing. so like we're talking. Um, really, it's the the elite of the elite. So um, probably in a Davidson mold, um, unless you're one of the top twenty players in Australia right now, yeah. you're probably not quite good enough to necessarily be at our level. Uh-huh. Um, I should put you in fr- um, touch with my friend of mine. Durham. Yeah, yeah, I know Durham. You know Durham? Yeah, yeah, I know Durham. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. So that's how I know Liz Cambage and a bunch of the boomers and stuff because I used to work at a gym called Body World and he used to work out of there. And so, but he, like, pure strength and conditioning and uh, all for basketball. Yeah, we actually actually have a a strand coming across in our kind of current recruiting class you'll get on campus in August. She's a Melbourne girl. Um, she actually cool. works out with Durham right now. Oh, sweet. So, uh, Have you been to his space? He's going I haven't yet. Oh, so, you been back. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get down there probably late next week. and Tell him uh, that I say hi. Yeah, we'll do. <laughs> He's a really nice guy. And and so do people make, do you make money as a college, like other than having everything covered? Are yep. they making coin? Can uh, they sign deals? So they can't sign any deals. They can't do any of that. They do get, these days they get what's called kind of cost of attendance, which is, a little bit of money on top just to kind of pay for phone bills and some clothes and mm. a little mm-hmm. bit of food outside. They obviously get all their food paid for yeah. while they're with us and get a whole bunch of gear and all that kind of thing. But um, it's definitely not a like lucrative scenario. They're not allowed to make that money. It's against yeah. uh, the rules. Yeah. So, One last yeah. basketball question. Yeah. Can white men jump? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. So um, the crazy, Nick- craziest, thing, uh, <laughs> craziest thing was uh, this year's... Um, kind of national championship game in the, the men's college basketball, the best player was a white redhead um, <laughs> who was uh, dunking and blocking and doing some crazy stuff. So, yeah. Um, yep. There you go. It gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> so, Josh had his basketball career. Um, James James coached me. Did I, he? Did, I did coach him for a little bit. Yeah. Um, that's definitely not part of my pathway to college uh, <laughs> it's not talked about as a, as a professional job but um, Josh's kind of basketball career was highlighted by hitting a couple of threes in a game it was a couple is two I, I did four threes in okay, one game well hit four points. threes in a game and gave the whole crowd a high five on the way down fuck um, yeah and he made a video and showed everyone a Christmas. <laughs> I, um, I should have what, I'm trying to gauge the relationship between you two because my older, elder brother he was eight years above me and uh, you know, we were. He was. By the time I was a little fucking shit, he was annoyed with me. Yep. But now we're best mates as we've got older. What like what's what was the relationship like for you two growing up? And I haven't. 
I don't know if I'm hitting on a sword. <laughs> thumb lots, here, lots of punch- I don't know, but that's the best lots, thing. Lots of punch-ons. No, I think that ja- uh, James, uh, how would I would get your take on yeah. it? What do you think your take <laughs> on it? Well, I, th- I think you just got to like try to put yourself in the shoes of a teenager um, with a camera in your face 24-7. Solid. That's my man. That's that my was, boy. It was definitely. I think that James was on an athletic pathway, and I was on a media creation pathway. Mm. I think that that was. I think that I was always quite antagonizing in the sense of I knew, like he would. Mum would say that he would screech a lot. He would sort of. Do you remember? You stop screeching. That was sort of. Who was screeching? You. James would screech. What does screeching mean? Like screaming. Just just yelling. At you. Yeah, he would screech at me. I I sometimes I look at Josh right, and I hear all this stuff, and I'm sure you've heard on the podcast, and I feel like knowing Josh as an uh, an adult, I almost look at this guy i'm like who the fuck were you because that's not you now <laughs> like i feel like you're very refined now but still Just with all your quirks a and bit, your bit awesomeness weird still yeah of course but that yeah, makes yeah. you was was he as weird as he's made out on this podcast yeah like josh is very aware of what he was <laughs> and i think i think we yeah what do you think how do you describe if if someone says oh have you got brothers and they yeah. they start digging how do you describe uh, your brother Josh? So, I, like, weird unit comes to mind. Yeah, weird unit. Yeah. You just learn it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Learn it. Um, yeah. Creative. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, yeah, really, it was, it was... Josh was all centered around having the camera in his hand. It's true. Um, it's pretty crazy that we've been... Uh, and do you see this, I guess, within the college space too? Like people who just find what they love young. Like you you were lucky and you found basketball at how old? Like when did you start? Well, I kind of came in and out of it a little bit. Yeah. Like I started playing, I think when I was four years old, um, was when I first started playing basketball. And yeah. then probably through early teenage years, I didn't play as much. And then when I, when I was 16, I kind of reinvested some time and energy into it and then that was a big kind of part of my life from that point. And then in some ways, when I got to the U.S., it kind of did die down for a little bit. And I invested a little more time into the academic space. And mm-hmm. um, kind of this last year has been kind of resetting a little bit in, in this full-time basketball mode. The, the one fight that James and I always have, and we can bring it up on the podcast, we haven't spoken about it, is, uh, do you know what it's going to be? Yeah, it's about the Fitbit. <laughs> about Fitbit. What about it? So, um, J- uh, James, had, James and I had a uh, big argument uh, two years ago now about... Uh, last time you spoke. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, about the Fitbit and um, where it was going. James... What what did you? I want to get your without putting words into your mouth. What do you? What was your side of the argument of Fitbit? Well, my side of the argument was that Fitbit, as a company, got into the activity monitoring space at a time where they basically dominated the market, mm-hmm. and so that device became known by a lot of the community. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the tech people. Yeah, like the tech people are going to call what it is, but. The majority of people will refer to an activity monitor, regardless of its brand, as a Fitbit. Mm-hmm. And so, so I felt that because of Hoover, that, Dyson. yeah, because of that, it's it's your it's your Kleenex, t- like it's it's all those things. And um, because of that, I felt like that was a business that had a stronghold. Really had a strong and and when I say had a stronghold, wasn't necessarily going to be the dominant like force in the marketplace, but we're never going to go away. Mm-hmm. 
and Josh felt like they uh, could go away yeah. very soon. But, yeah, and my, they were on the verge because the yeah. Apple Watch. Yeah, no, so it wasn't so much the Apple Watch. It was more, I didn't feel like they had enough technological chops to, I felt that the inno- the size that they were at, and this happens a lot with bigger companies, you get uh, you get really big on the technology that you have. And the problem with that is that if you're an accelerometer type of business and you build up a business doing that, for instance, the car industry is probably a great example. The car industry has struggled with the uh, electro- uh, electric vehicle market right you've got tesla that's come in and it's because that the the electric car market might be a, a very different one or could be approached in a very different way to traditional cars so if you're used to building a fucking uh, motor vehicle that runs off petrol it it's it's a different potentially a different game so my my argument was that the they're done. They're the, the, done. the fitbit accelerometer like that technology was going to be whilst it might be the thing that we use in a number of things that there was going to be enough devices that were going to be smart enough that we're going to be able to do that uh and i think apple would be really well positioned to be able so to this take was that. two years ago it was two years ago three Three years, three years ago, I think. Three years ago. And he hasn't been here for three years. I'm joining dots together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was the argument. So what, what do you think, James, now that you've had like, three hang years? Hang on, wait. Because the, the argument seems fucking useless. I mean, my brother was saying who stole the weed out of his drawer and it was me <laughs> or the porno. And so that, I mean, you see the argument there. This is just like... What, what, were you pissed off? Well, you I, think it's the inte- I think it's the intellectualization. I think that James and I have always had debates on uh, whenever our... Uh, yeah, and if we're trying to intextu- uh, intellectualize something, I think that we push back on that because I think we both have respect for research and going to things. And James is an exercise scientist. Okay, yeah. so, so I was in a field. Were you pissed off so, at each other? Were you pissed off well, at Josh? J- well, James, yeah. No, I wouldn't say I was pissed off. Like, Josh just wouldn't, like... Let it go. Let it go. And we yeah. still and so, <laughs> and he still clearly can't let it go because he just brought it up again. Yeah. So I know, but the Fitbit is a funny, a funny story. But interestingly, um, how's this prick who made money off Fitbits as well? Uh, yeah, I did make money off Fitbits. He made oh, cash money off them. Yeah, when I sold them in the early days. But no, a couple of interesting <laughs> things. Fitbit stock. <laughs> we, we would talk about and we were looking at your wedding and stuff it's on a decline in a big yeah, way yeah but that like we, we also spoke about that not being a representation of yeah, how a company that's is going. the only thing yeah. okay. ah, so, it's, it hasn't actually been resolved it's just no it's great up. no it's great but do you, do you know something interesting that to give you an idea of why I think Apple might be onto something or why I think that it won't be Fitbit uh, Apple are doing things like um, trying to work out how to measure your glucose through uh, light so similarly to heartbeat and stuff like that so rather than so if you're a diabetic you might have to have a fucking like a little prick in you to be able to measure your you've had a your, few little um, pricks in you <laughs> exactly yeah. just you're quickly in, um, if I say the word squeegee yeah does any story come to mind well I, I heard the, the episode <laughs> okay no, that's how I was going to I wasn't going to actually tell him if he didn't yeah. know I'd say do a bit of research heard. yeah it's the do you remember figure. Josh Dressing up like in black camo, fucking securing the perimeter of your house. 
That part I don't remember. Yeah, the bike, the bike. The oh, the bike, stolen absolutely. bike. Yeah, absolutely. That was uh, that was a hoot. Is it yeah. as good as? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, well, yeah, what's your stories of the bike? What's the, well, I just definitely remember like people stealing the bike deliberately <laughs> to hear the. <laughs> It was fantastic. It was so loud. It was, yeah, it was really good. I would like to buy one now. And um, yeah, so so finally coming coming back to Australia after yep. so long, what's the biggest change? What are, what are you noticing? You know, putting a different lens on things. What's Australia like? Well, I've only been here a day, so <laughs> haven't seen too much. I think... Uh, I think it's interesting there's obviously like population shifts and changes in in how it's all looking and kind of i think it, there's there's elements of it being challenging from a financial point of view for for young people growing up here and and how they want to approach it mm. um that part really stands out i think the food scene really stands out and how that kind of is formulated into someone's lifestyle mm. um but yeah, like there's a lot of things you go, there's a lot of things different, but there's a lot of things that are just very much the same. And mm. um, Well, welcome home. Well, thank you. Welcome home. It's the Daily Talk Show, everyone. Thanks, James Jansen, for being on. Uh, feel free to send us an email, hi, at thedailytalkshow.com if you uh, have any questions. We should get James on in like a uh, hundred episodes time. Yeah. Maybe we could do a do one from the US. 160, yeah, 160. And, well, um, Tommy and I are talking I mean, about a tour. We, yeah, do, we, we want to do can a... Can we stay at your joint? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, perfect. we got spare bedrooms. So uh, This is the great thing. Of a, you know, 200K house, you get fucking five bedrooms. Unbelievable. Three. Any mm. feedback on the podcast? Yeah, I listen to it occasionally. I have an hour commute, so it'll... Uh, oh, you get, you it's get in no excuse. Ro- <laughs> it's, it's in the rotation <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, um, nice. I prefer the shorter ones. Okay, uh, great. Lovely. Um, well, this one's gone for forty-five minutes, so it's, no, it's, it's nice. probably on the it's on nice. the on you're, the nice end. You're the but brother you're, I never knew existed. Well, yeah. you did know about. No, James. but is in like you, you weren't uh, real because I'd never met. I'd no, met Jake. I appreciate how Josh talks about me all the time. That's uh, do I do I give never. It, <laughs> 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 anyway, daily talk show. Anyway, Thanks, we'll James. see you in three years. Yeah. <laughs>